Hello, grace and peace. We're taking Anarchy to Church here on the Anarchist Bible Study. I'm Josh, a.k.a. Ioan Cap. And I'm Jeff Park, a.k.a. not the first Avenger, but I know the guy. <laughs> that's right. That's right. That's right. Um, well, welcome back to uh, another Bible study episode of the Anarchist Bible Study. Um, shocking. Uh, shocking, right? Uh, they, they said it would never happen, and they were mostly correct. <laughs> we get to it eventually. Um uh although you know this one was this one was delayed by the fact that i just simply could not record anymore uh but we're here and we're talking about um well we're talking about a bunch of people hanging out under a table ish um and uh <laughs> but we will but um we're, we're, we'll try not to preamble about this too much um no but what we but I will remind our, our, our listeners and ourselves, because sometimes we need the reminder. What we're going to do is we're going to read the passage first in English, and then we will spend some time. Uh, well, then Jeff will pray for us, um, and then we will. Also um, in English. What's that? Also in English. In English. And then we will dig into the passage um, somewhat in Greek, um, but we will translate as we but go. But frankly, also mostly in English. But I'm mostly in English. And this then, is an um, English podcast if you just came across us. <laughs> <laughs> and then we will uh, kind of break down. We're going to specifically break. Uh, kind of our, 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 our habit is we will we'll kind of look at general literary observations. And then we'll take it from the four perspectives that we uh, that, that, that are usually taken for this passage. We'll start with the most common one, usually uh, going with the... Um, uh, wait, no, we usually go with the, yes, yes, yes. We usually start with the hist with the futurist and then we will go to the historicist, which is a view that pretty much no one has anymore. I, I, I have heard of one person, uh, never actually talked to anyone as a historicist view. Um, and then, uh, I at will, least not, at least not a pure historicist view. Yeah. It, it doesn't seem like it's a common view anymore. Um, for reasons that we brought up in our second episode ever, uh, if you want to go check that out, um, and then uh, then we'll then I kind of represent the specifically AD seventy preterist view, um, and then Jeff will represent kind of an amalgamation of the AD ninety five preterist view and the idealist view, which both of us share, um, as both of us are more or less idealists. Um, uh, but yeah, that's that's going to be the the pattern, and we're going to be looking at specifically verses nine through eleven, um, the fifth of the seven seals. We've looked at the first four seals already. Now we're looking at the seventh or the fifth seal. Um, so I'm going to go to second screen. We don't need our faces for this one. So here we go. Now I watched when the lamb opened one of the seven seals and I heard one of the four living creatures say, I think I, I think I, Oh, hold on. The living creatures have become rather inarticulate all of a sudden. Sorry. I just realized that I never actually changed the screen. Did I? I did. Okay. This will, this will be edited in post. Okay. <laughs> to, to be clear in case, uh, Randy, forgets uh this is uh none of this is a quote from the scriptures anymore um. <laughs> uh, yes all right so yeah this, this 
this is called the Codex Boomer uh, <laughs> textual variant. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, I just had three screens up, and I sometimes get confused about which one is the new, the real one. All right. <laughs> now I watched when the Lamb opened one of the seven seals, and I heard one of the four living creatures say with a voice like thunder come and i looked and behold a white horse and its rider had a bow and a crown was given to him and he came out conquering and to conquer when he opened the second seal i heard the second living creature say come and out came another horse bright red and its rider was permitted to take peace from the earth so that people should slay one another and he was given a great sword when he opened the third seal, I heard the living creature say, Come, and behold, a black horse. And his rider had a pair of scales in his hand. And I heard what seemed to be a voice in the midst of the four living creatures saying, A quart of wheat for a denarius, and three quarts of barley for a denarius, and do not harm the oil and wine. When he opened the fourth seal, I heard the voice of the, four, the fourth living creature say, Come, and I looked, and behold, a pale horse. And its rider's name was Death. And Hades followed him, and they were given authority over a fourth of the earth to kill with the sword, and with famine, and with pestilence, and by wild beasts of the earth. When he opened the fifth seal, I saw under the altar the souls of those who had been slain for the word of God, and for the witness they had borne. They cried out with a loud voice, O sovereign Lord, holy and true, how long before you will judge and avenge our blood on those who dwell on the earth? Then they were each given a white robe, and told to rest a little longer until the number of their fellow servants and their brothers should be complete who were to be killed as they themselves had been. When he opened the sixth seal, I looked and behold, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth. The full moon became like blood and the stars of the sky fell to the earth as the fig tree sheds its winter fruit when shaken by a gale. The sky vanished like a scroll that is being rolled up and every mountain and island was removed from its place. Then the kings of the earth and the great ones and the generals and the rich and the powerful and everyone, slave and free, hid themselves in the caves among the rocks of the mountain. Calling to the mountains and rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him who is seated on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. For the great day of their wrath has come, and who can stand? And as I was reading that, there was the sound of thunder outside. So uh, <laughs> that was that was very uh, <laughs> ominous. But now, Jeff, would you please uh, pray for us? I'll do. <clears throat> Lord, we thank you that. You are never far from the suffering of your people. That even when we look at periods of our lives, when had we known the end from the beginning, we would not have charted the course we went down. That you do know the end from the beginning, and you nevertheless sent us down that course, not in spite of your love for us, but because of your love for us. And that we have the great privilege of 
being partakers not only in the glory of your resurrection, which is dripping from every sentence of this book, but also the fellowship of your suffering, which is also dripping from every sentence of this book. So we we pray, Lord, that you would, through this book, teach us to suffer well, teach us the glory of your resurrection. Help us to know these things, to feel these things, to love these things deep in our bones because of our time in your word with each other and with you. We pray these things in the mighty name of your son, Jesus, to your glory and for our benefit. Amen. Amen. All right. So, um, give me one. There we go. Um, so now we're going to look at, uh, yeah, nine through 11. Uh, it's first reviewing is important. Um, and so, so basically seven seals was what we're going through, going through the, uh, um, which were announced in chapters four and five, uh, in chapter well chapter four we get okay it's been a while it's been long enough let's do this so in the first chapter we see this whole thing is a vision that that uh john saw while on patmos um and and it's it's we've sometimes called this the epistle of the apocalypse or the epistle of revelation because that's what it is it is actually a letter it has a form of a letter with a prologue at the beginning kind of a narrative prologue uh, forming the outline, but then it's John greeting the fellow, uh, his his fellow people in tribulation, which should give us a hint as to what that tribulation should be. Is it a far future thing? Is it something going on at his time? Um, and then he 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 greets them in the name of the Jesus who appeared to him, and then he sends seven specific notes to seven specific churches in um in and around the uh, area of Asia Minor in, in kind of a circuit. So it's a circular letter. Um, and then after, after these specific um, letters, which have general, general things for the whole church, but are, but are somewhat specific to the individual churches. After all of that, he then sends, he then moves into kind of the bulk of the letter, which is uh, starts with chapter four, the vision into, into heaven looking on the the throne room and and all of the 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 elders who are representing the churches um the and the living creatures which represents the whole earth and then of course the holy one in the midst of the throne and he is the one being called holy 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 the one lord god almighty and then there there's introduced a scroll with seven seals the question is asked, so who will be able to open the seals? Who is, who is worthy of it? Um, which comes the lamb, the lot, which is announced the lion of Judah would be the one who would do it. And then they heard of this lion and then they saw a lamb appearing to have been slain. So the appearance of having been slain and, and this lamb, because of their death and resurrection, of course, is Jesus Christ himself, the living witness. Uh, is able to open the seven seals. So now we're watching the seven seals unfold, which this will, this is kind of the next big uh, division of, of this letter. Um, oh, let's point out one quick thing that, that 
the the seals we're learning are about all the judgments of God upon the universe. And yet it is grievous if they cannot be opened. Yeah. If, if no one can be found to open them, this would be horrible for the kingdom of heaven. Yep. Because judgment. And and this is, this is where uh, we have to remind you now, whether you're going to take my, my preterist position or the idealist position, we should remember that the judgment is upon those who hate the Lord. Those who yes. have been, and this is where, this is where we find out it's good news. Uh, seal number five is actually where we find out that this was all good news. So yes. spoiler a little alert a little bit, but, uh, but, but, this, but, but yes, that's a great point. This would be terrible if we could not open this scroll of judgment. Um, but then it said, but then the first seal, then we open the first seal. This is getting into the chapter that we're on. And I looked and, er, and I looked when was opened the first seal and, uh, wait, was, is that right? Where am I looking? Uh, and, okay. So I looked and then they opened the first seal and then there's the, um, the, the first, yeah. Okay. There it is. Found it. Um, and, uh, the first living creature cries come. So each of the living creatures is saying, now we're not told which of the living creatures is which. So obviously the significance of the living creatures doesn't matter. It's just that each of the four living creatures calls out with each of the first four seals come. I don't know that we made a big deal out of that. Um, but then what comes out is, and so, so and behold a horse each time. So the first horse is, uh, is a, um, a white horse, Loikos. Um, and, and this one is the horse of conquest. He comes conquering, uh, with a, with a sword to conquer and, and to, um, yeah. And for conquering conquering for conquering. And, um, you know, for the preterist perspective, we would say that this was representing, um, the Roman army coming, coming across Israel on their way to, um, uh, Jerusalem. You know, because these are judgments upon the earth, but it could be the land. We'd say the, the hey gay would be the land. Um, and from the idealist perspective, we're just seeing that this is what this is what the Antichrist nations do, and and um, perfectly compatible with both of our views um, is, is is that truth. But and then the which leads to the second scroll, and then I uh, the second scroll is opened, and behold. Uh, uh, where they cry, come and behold, it was a, uh, a fire horse, a fiery red horse. And, uh, this horse came, uh, bringing, um, uh, uh, bringing bloodshed and bringing, um, uh, carrying a great sword. Um, and, and, uh, the, the suffering and this, the, 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 the suffering and bloodshed, this, this the, yeah, all, all the death that comes with um, with war. And of course, you know, specifically that there was a lot of Jewish people who died in the Great Roman War uh, of, of 80, uh, 60... 69, mostly. Nine, but... Yeah, 69, that's right. Um, climaxing at 80, 70, of course. Um, that, but then... Uh, the third scroll is opened and uh, behold, we see coming a, uh, a, uh, a black horse, 
right? Is that black? I'm like, yes. Yes. <laughs> a black horse. And um, this black horse is the horse of... Who, Josh, who... Josh isn't illiterate. He's reading it in Greek for those yes, of you right. who are... Uh, <laughs> and... Uh, uh, and, and the, and you gotta, okay. Also is good to point out here that there's a lot of unusual words yes. in this chapter. Like <laughs> I'm, I'm, I didn't just forget, like everyone, I feel like people could go back in time and see how it was so much better. The first four chapters of, yeah. of <laughs> revelation be like, did he forget how to do Greek? And I'm kind of wondering that myself a little bit, but like, <laughs> these are a little oh, more unusual words there, are used. There here. are lots of unusual. I had, I had to look up a lot more than I usually yeah. do. Um, <laughs> Um, uh, cause, yeah, there's, yeah. there's lots of them. And, and frankly, colors are just, and the words that yeah. can be interpreted as colors are just not very typical in the rest of the scriptures. Yeah. 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 It just, so colors are one of them. Yeah. It doesn't often come up true. Um, but the black horse comes, uh, announcing famine, announcing that there's, there's, uh, specifically just massively high prices for all of the the um the everything you know um and and uh well not everything <laughs> well not uh, everything um the the oil and wheat the, and barley but not oil and wine yeah the oil and wine are not harmed whatever that harmed. could mean yeah yeah and um and of course we would say and of course there's there's a there's great historical evidence that that's what happened and as I've I've brought up that like in in eighty seventy they were um the the warring factions within Jerusalem. It was so bad in Jerusalem uh, between the warring factions. Like they, they couldn't even get along long enough to hold off the Romans and they were burning each other's uh, food supplies in order to, um, just to screw over the others. And so uh, it was a, a real example of hanging of not hanging together. So hanging separately, um, but also just generally we, we've talked about from the idealistic perspective is that warfare doesn't just affect the, the bloodshed and the, the, the pain that war causes. And we've talked about this a lot for other reasons is, is not limited to um, just the, the direct victims of war. There's also the fact that, that a lot of times this comes with starvation and famine and, and terrible and, terrible living conditions because of the ways that, you know, war never just affects uh, the soldiers themselves. All of the, the diverted resources to soldiers, um, it affects the people back home. And it's, um, it, yeah, and, and especially nowadays, like we would say that there's even, even more is shown in the, in the age of, of the, uh, the central banks that that are used to fund all the wars and all the money that goes out the door and even money that gets lost in the shuffling of papers in the Pentagon that all of it causes more and greater hardship on families who are just trying to live um and so this is this is the thing that we could expect um in our lives and then the fourth horse uh, the fourth seal is broken and we find a green horse or we translate that pale often because that's what we, you know, the green behind the gills, the idea that it's a sickly horse and this horse um, represents is often called, uh, you know, disease, but really um, this, this, uh, or, or called the, the horse of death, I believe is called. Um, but, but really um, what this horse represents is the full weight is what we kind of, 
talked about, and you should really go listen to that episode again, is that if you haven't listened to it, is that that represents the full weight of the covenant curses coming upon the land, which, um, which for me felt like a really good argument for my position. Um, because of course, you know, I'm, I'm talking about how the curses, the covenant curses is what is coming to roost in kind of an emphatic final sense in this um, passage. But of course, even without that death follows war, death follows conquest. And this is the way we, we look around. One of the most tragic examples is what's going on in Yemen today. Um, but even, you know, don't look any further than Ukraine, where we talked about how, like, we are not and this, we're not going to wave a Ukrainian flag here because we think that that, uh, as, as some people have called it, uh, a Marvel cinematic universe view of, of life is, doesn't make sense. We're neither pro Ukraine nor pro Russia. We are, uh, well, we're definitely not pro Russia. We believe the invasion is wrong, but we're also definitely not pro Ukraine who uh, we're definitely not pro NATO. Um, but, but we would say that the greatest tragedy of the war in Ukraine is the way it affects normal Ukrainians. Right. Not the people, not the, the, the politicians like to move the, their pieces around the chessboard, but those pieces are real humans. They're the ones who end up being hurt the most. And, um, and this is the case every time in war. Um, but now we get to a new seal, uh, the fifth seal. And what's shocking about the seals. There's no horse. We ran out of living creatures to announce judgments. So no, uh, creatures. Um, but we have a little bit of a interruption. Now this fits with a lot of the rhythms we find in the book of revelation. We talked about this a while back and I'm going to be good to remind ourselves that, um, the cycles of seven that are very common in this book. Um, you'll find that a lot of times it does follow this four plus three or really four plus two plus one uh, pattern where they'll do kind of six of the sevens will come. And then there's an interruption before the seventh, uh, in this case seal, but the seventh trumpet, seventh, whatever. There's an interruption between the six and the one and the four are separated off from the other six. So there's kind of the, the earth, you know, number four, we've talked about it for the four corners of the earth for the, uh, four points of the compass, the four, you know, it usually represents the totality of creation. Um, and then, so, so there's sort of a, uh, a, 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 uh, you could call it a cosmic judgments of the four and then you've got kind of a for the four corners and then you've got two additions and then one final that well, is delayed and sometimes it's okay so just uh imagine that numbers have always held specific significance to you and that you couldn't imagine remembering a story, thinking about <laughs> thinking about numbers in a story without associating significance to them. So, so seven makes seven is completion, seven is perfection, seven is is what you're trying to get to. 
And within seven, you have this pattern of the four corners of something, the two halves of something, and the completeness of something. So you can use seven sometimes, and we'll see if this is one of them. You can use seven to uh, describe the same thing three ways, where, where in, in, in sort of spatial metaphors, where, where the first is the four corners of a thing, the second is the two, the dichotomy of a thing, the two, the two halves of a thing. That's usually the giveaway that that's what's happening is that they're opposed to each other or yeah. they're dichotomized in some way. Those two, and then the totality of a thing. We, if the seventh thing is yeah, totally representative of the whole, that'll be a giveaway that that this yeah. is what's happening here. Which once again should remind us that this should not be taken strictly chronologically. Correct. This is this is part of the the well, problem is that so many very people, clearly in this, yeah. these verses. <laughs> yeah, in I fact, the, the we call them recapitulations. Is is the com is what what uh exegetes will call it is that there's this is one of the common things that like one of the biggest mistakes in the most common uh interpretation of revelation specifically futurist interpretation of revelation is this failure to see the fact that there is a recapitulation in fact there's even like you say a recapitulation within recapitulation we're not looking at a chronology of things we're not narrating a chronology of things we are saying everything in fact we're kind of tipping our hand already in the first four, right? Yeah. I mean, we really could do a, just a recap of the first four, um, but, but the seal is important. So we're going to, we're not going to, but like there, there is a sense of like, okay. So in conquest comes bloodshed. Does a conquest come after the bloodshed? No, of course not. No. <laughs> How do you conquer without bloodshed? What do they, right. they first march across in a bloodless war and then later on they kill people. Like that's not, that's not how it works. And, and where does the famine and such, um, yeah, where does the famine and such uh, disease come from? Does that come after the fact? No, it's usually in the wake. It's usually what's coming as the conquest goes across, as as the 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 bloodshed feeds into the famine, and the famine bleeds, feeds into the bloodshed. Um, all of that feeds into the uh, to the to the um, think of them. Yeah, to the general death. Think of them as episodes of a documentary about a war. Right, right. It, it, where, where, where one focuses on the battle, yes. on the conquest, on the, on the, on, on the, the grand strategy, if you will. Yeah. And, and one focuses on the the grand historical narrative, the conquest. Right. And then, and then you sort of zoom in and you look at the bloodshed and the stories yeah. of individual soldiers and so forth. And then you look at the famine and then you look at the disease. Yeah. That's that's more what this is like. Yeah, or or even like a document, like a documentary podcast too. It would be the same sort of thing. Where usually they're not going to do like January sixth through July seventh. Like that's not what they're going to do. They're going to say, uh, you know, if, if it's a documentary on say a large megachurch that fell apart uh, in, <laughs> in the uh, Pacific Northwest. You know, one episode they're going to talk about how the the treatment of women in this con. Then they're going to talk about the problems with leadership, and they're going to have stories overlapping. 
because they're going to have to. In some ways, they're going to have to go back to the beginning, to the chronology, and work back this way to, because you need to go back to the beginning and talk about things from this perspective. And another thing that was happening, you can't, they don't do that strict, strict chronology. And so we're kind of used to this kind that, of thing. And that's that's even if if someone's writing the story before they get feedback about the story and realize it's more popular than they thought it would be and decide to make more episodes than they had originally planned, uh, let's say. Uh, <laughs> For instance, again, all this is hypothetical. Of course, uh, I'm talking about this show. <laughs> Just wildly more popular than anyone ever expected. Totally, yes. Oh, we have dozens of listeners. Literally <laughs> dozens. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, okay, so... But this is, but again, this is again. This, I think it's a really good and important point to bring up, um, because I think it's going to be important for the way we read Revelation in general, uh, the Book of Revelation, apocalyptic literature. And I wouldn't even say this is just apocalyptic. This has to do with the way the Bible is written. Like I've yes. been reading the Book of Jer- uh, Jeremiah, and one of the things that I was like, I was having trouble struggling getting the chronology straight. So I actually had to look up a timeline, and I see that in fact. Uh, if, if you're going to line up everything in Jeremiah chronologically, you've got like one through 20, one through 20 are kind of early dates. Then you jump later on dates to 21 through 45 or I think 46. And then for 45 through 49, you have to go back in time because he gave these, these, uh, prophecies earlier than, uh, the, these, these prophecies in the middle of the book. And, and so, it's not arranged chronologically. It's arranged topically because of course it would be, it would be, uh, it would not be good for Jeremiah. Jeremiah would not, um, feel that he's done justice. If he ends with the judgments on Jerusalem and Judea, even those, those were chronologically later, uh, prophecies he wanted to end with the judgments that he had given the judgment oracles that he had written earlier to egypt and assyria tyre etc that he put those later because of course the same reason that while the judgment comes on israel that judgment will eventually reach all of the wicked yeah and and uh and especially at that time in, in well, uh, biblical history where and- the judgment of the wicked is the vindication of israel so you don't end with the judgment of israel and even if you've ever studied the Gospels closely, you've realized this. Yes. If you read, if you read any of the first three uh, uh, Gospel accounts, I should say, um, if you read any of the first three Gospel accounts, um, you could get the impression that this all happened in one year. That there's one trip of, yep. to Jerusalem, and it's incredibly eventful. Yeah. Um, uh, that's, that's not how it happened. We, we can pretty much. Well, John confirms it as, as close as we could possibly. Yeah. And the gospel of John because, is, is who, because who of John. It. Yeah. Right. <laughs> because so, and John interest like, um, people think of, I think a lot of people who, yeah. who haven't really tried to wrestle through these things think of the synoptic gospels as being more historical scholars and john being more theological 
but, doesn't make sense. But John is also trying to help people with the sequence in places that he, writing the latest, knows that the yeah. sequence has gotten yeah. confused because of yep. because of the order of the synoptics. Um, which is which is why the cleansing of the temple is one of the first things that happens in John's yeah. gospel. Yeah. Um, and and John bookmarks for you. Now this yeah. was all before. Yeah. John the Baptist went into prison. And then he says, now after John the Baptist went into prison, so he's bookmarking for you from Mark, didn't mean to make that pun, um, uh, where he, he yeah. he's it's, he's it's, expecting you to pick this up from from the Mark account. It, it, yeah. Um, yeah. And and anyway, this is but this this is so he, that he, he tips his that, hand like yeah, facial. Sorry. Go on. Yeah. Go on. Okay. Yeah, go on. That 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 spatial geographical storytelling yeah. is very common. Yeah. In narratives that yeah. remember, importantly, you one of the reasons the the organizing schema, one of the reasons that you have numerology in the Bible, and you do have numerology. In the, it's silly to deny that you have yeah. numerology in the Bible. Just because some just people go too far to, on that doesn't mean it's not there. Correct. <laughs> it's also it's also silly to um treat it like it's simple cryptography right um, but, but but um or or complex cryptography or moonbat cryptography okay <laughs> um but um so 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 those are those are equal and opposite yes. mistakes of course um but one of the reasons you have that, one of the reasons you have chiasms, not as many as first year New Testament students, first year Old Testament or New Testament students will find, but lots. Uh, one of the reasons, uh, one of the reasons you have all these structures in biblical narratives, even in um, in the biblical stories, is because you've got to remember they are writing these to be read out yeah. loud yeah. and remembered this yeah. book in particular this book explicitly says that that's yeah. <laughs> how it's intended to um, yeah, be, yeah uh be passed along so they are not expecting you to have yeah. a copy of this to take home with you be because what they're expecting you to do is to yeah. come to a place where there's yeah. a copy hear it yeah and then you've got to be able to retain or, it somehow. or read so it all these markers at the location are yeah that's yeah i'm sorry or read it at the location where it's kept. Or at. read it at the location. A lot of a lot of people over exaggerate the amount of illiteracy in oh, Palestine. I'm not saying because they're illiterate. I'm saying, it's, but the real issue of is the availability saying, of copies. Yeah. yeah, what you're saying is yeah. is actually the real issue is that there's there's not as many documents available. This is before the the movable type print, you know, printing. So you could. I mean, yeah. If you're right, <laughs> this was written before the book existed. Yeah, qua book. Yeah. <laughs> this, this we're talking still scrolls. Christians probably invented the book in part to address some of these issues. <laughs> um, yeah, I think there were there were codexes around. Uh, oh yeah, there were codexes, codices. Um, yeah. There were. Um, uh, and, and there's but, and there's there's evidence that that perhaps Paul's letters have been written and pulled into a codex very early, like. Um, yes. Possibly in the fifties and sixties, uh, I think. I think they say sixties, sixties, right? Because I think the last the last Pauline letter is written 
I believe in the mid fifties. Yeah. Uh, I, I think, I think the earliest you can get for a codex and I, you, you're correct. And I think the earliest you can get for a codex is like 68 or somewhere in that range, somewhere but it's early. Cert yeah. Certainly, certainly they were collected together and we don't know for sure the form. Um, but the, the very earliest new Testament manuscript we have is from a codex. It's written yep. on both sides. That's how we know. Um, yep. Yep. And, um, and so, so I, it, yeah, I'm also not trying to, yeah. um, but yeah, that's play up how late, how late that was or anything. I'm just saying, yeah, I'm just saying that, that these, these issues of yeah. writing on scrolls, the, the reasonable or the, uh, relative scarcity of paper, uh, yeah. or vellum or whatever, <laughs> yep. um, the, um, the uh, all of all of these all of these issues were continuing issues for the entirety of the time the Bible was being written. Yep. So the Bible was not being written with the idea that we would all have uh, a glowing screen right. to read it off of, uh, <laughs> certainly, yeah. but also not even a book. Absolutely. Uh, personally yeah. available to us. Yeah. And so, so that's one of the reasons for a lot of these, yep. a lot of these forms is to make it easier to retain, easier to memorize, yes. easier to quote, yep. um, uh, than, than it would be without, without all those. Correct. Um, yeah. So, well, we're going to bring this episode to a close because, uh, this was a rich, paragraph is less verses but more rich topically uh and and we got some really good conversation about the first four seals all together early on um but we're going to yeah we're going to cut it right here wherever here is um later josh we'll figure that out uh but we got to remind you of course that you should like subscribe share rate it five stars tell a friend tell an enemy tell a uh tell your favorite cowboy I mean, there's horses in it. So, uh, yeah. look, all we're asking for is as many stars as seals we have covered so far. That's right. That's, That's right. Yeah. Which is with, four and a half. With, <laughs> yes, four and a half. So, never mind. Never mind. Never mind. We're, no, we're asking you to round up. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> That's right. Uh, and uh and of course if you really like what we do go to buymecoffee.com slash flyover and you can support us there and you get to hang out with us in the secret discord server um so that's a dope thing you can get to do um and most of all join us again next week when we take anarchy to church here on the anarchist bible study grace and peace grace and peace and holiness and truth <laughs>